0: to another episode of Life in Paradise Podcast, the only show on the interwebs that has nothing to do with its title. I'm your host, Brandon Harper. Today is Sunday, April 10th, 2022, and I've just returned from a mission. I'll get into that a little bit later. It is a hot and breezy day here in South Texas today. Actually, it's more than breezy. It is downright freaking windy. You may or may not hear some branches scraping on the roof of the little building that I'm in. If you do, just ignore it. Probably won't bother you nearly as much as it bothers me. Got some good stuff to talk about today. Uh, getting ready to launch the YouTube channel. I know you've been hearing me say that for like, forever, but I think it's coming. Uh, just got a couple more things to do. I hope to record a few videos this week and then put them all up uh, next week to launch. So. Stay tuned for that. Thanks for tuning in to the Life in Paradise podcast. I'm just a regular dude with a regular job and lots and lots of opinions. So I'd come here about once every week or so to get them off my chest. You don't have to agree with them. You don't have to like them. But we could still be friends. If you have opposing viewpoints, I'd love to hear those. I'm not one of those guys that'll bite your head off for disagreeing with me. I might think about it, but you'd never know that. Thanks again for tuning in. Sit back, relax, and let me fly the spaceship for about the next 30 to 45 minutes. You gotta move. All my homies feels good to be back back in front of the mic with a headset on staring into a pile of computer screens and a bunch of cords and buttons and I'm not sure what any of it does but here I am I spent most of the week last week helping a cousin of mine out whose house was literally destroyed by a tornado and I don't overuse the word literally like a lot of people do you'll never hear me say My head was literally about to explode, unless I was like on a battlefield and there was bombs going off around me. But the house that I went to go help out my cousin at, the roof was literally torn off of the house. And thank goodness no one was injured. You know, it was a pretty scary situation. I don't wish it on anyone. Well, maybe some people, maybe Kamala Harris. But other than that, I don't wish that anyone's house gets destroyed in a tornado or any kind of natural disaster. Growing up outside Houston, I was pretty familiar with hurricanes and storms and disaster and destruction. But I'd never actually gone through one. And I say gone through. I didn't have to go through this. My cousin did. And I went there to help him out because he's like a brother to me. And I know he'd probably do the same. And so I didn't really know what to do other than just go there. And so I went there and I helped him sort out a few things. And, you know, I think it's just good to have support around you in those situations. And, I mean, I didn't do a lot of manual labor. I didn't do a lot of heavy lifting. Um, I offered, offered to do things that I could do and, and helped just keep him on a track of getting things sorted out. Because it's hard to focus on the big picture when you've got thousands of tiny little tasks in front of you. And it can be the, um, oh, what's the old adage, paralyzation by analyzation or whatever. I don't know. I can't think of it. But you can get paralyzed just from not knowing where to start. So I was there most of the week. I was able to separate myself from the beer world, and that was great. But in the meantime, I felt like this was a good opportunity to remind everyone, don't don't take things for granted, you know? Uh, Someone could have easily died in this storm, and it's quite frankly a miracle that, that no one did. And so it's a shame that it always takes disaster to put things into perspective, but oftentimes it does. So I'm doing my duty in reminding you to thank the lucky stars above every night because you too could have been hunkered down in a house with the wind blowing 150 miles an hour and the roof literally comes tearing off in the middle of the night and the power's out and it's pitch black and the rain's pouring in and so just just look around look at the things around you appreciate them be grateful for what you have and and just keep in mind that your health and your safety and your family is the most important thing around you everything else can be replaced or rebought or ordered from Amazon so I'm going to just leave that at that and uh move on to the next topic here. I know that was a little bit deeper than what I normally do, but I felt like it's a good opportunity to to use it as a as an experience to help other people. And yeah, now I'm going to quit <laughs> quit rambling about that. You can you can tell like what I feel comfortable talking about and what I don't. I'm pretty sure you can. I sure can. And just to set the record straight, it's not that I I don't feel comfortable Hold on. I'm sounding like Joe Biden here it's not that I don't feel comfortable talking about it I don't feel comfortable telling people what to do other than for the little bit at the end of the show when I always give some advice but other than that I don't like I'm not the kind of person that runs out and screams to everyone that they should be thankful for what they have all the time and that they, I'm just not I'm not that person but I, I do feel the need to reiterate it when I see it with my own eyes and now I'm going to leave that at that. Speaking of our amazing president, you know I got a good one for you today. I don't know if you saw the the video going around of him in a little room in the White House with a bunch of staffers. And Obama was in there. And I don't obviously I don't have a way to to show you a video, but if you want to just look it up, you can look it up. Just search for Biden White House Obama ignores and you'll see it it's it's probably more cringe-worthy than than most of the world star videos that you might see. If you don't know what world star is, just go like search for world star hip hop and look at some of their videos. They're very cringe, much like the videos of our president. So anyway, so Biden's in this room with Obama and Kamala and Biden looks like the guy at the party like the the football team manager who's at a party with a bunch of the cool kids and like tapping him on the shoulder like all picture all the cool kids are standing in a circle and they're talking and laughing and just having a great time and then there's the manager behind them who likes wishes so bad he could be cool, he could be in with the cool kids, when in reality, he's probably gonna be way smarter and way richer in the long run. But during high school, he wishes he could be part of the little circle. So he taps the, the quarterback on the shoulder and he's like, hey, 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 remember that time? Um, remember that time you threw me the football and you were surprised I caught it? Yeah, so that's the guy he is. He's doing that to Barack Obama, tapping him on the shoulder. Obama kinda just shrugs him off, you know? how someone would react if if you're in a group of people and you're speaking to them and someone's trying to interrupt you you'd kind of just roll your shoulder forward to you know get their hand off of you that's that's kind of what he did and this goes on for a good 30 seconds and they're just ignoring him so man the, I'm under the impression that the administration is crumbling from the inside out i know that's what a lot of people said about trump everyone loves to say that the administration is crumbling or imploding I should look and see the search terms, but imploding has to be a a popular one. That combined with the fact that Kamala Harris has now lost 11 staffers in what, 16 months, 15 months, something like that, 11 people that worked for her have quit. They weren't fired. They weren't fired. It's because... They would brief her and give her all kinds of research and write her speeches and tell her everything she needed to talk about, and she would throw it all at the window. So imagine trying to do your job, preparing reports, and spending tons and tons of time getting things ready for people, and then you give it to them, and they basically just put it in the trash can in front of your face. And if you take your job seriously, that hurts your heart. You don't want to see that. It doesn't matter how much you get paid. You're there doing a job because you're good at it. If you're working for the vice president, you've done something right. And you're proud of your work. And for someone to just discount that has got to be so disheartening. So word on the streets is 11 people have quit. Now, this is coming from like third-hand information from an insider. So take it for what it's worth. You know what? It's just my opinion. I'm not going to call it facts. I'm not going to say to fact check it. It's just my opinion. And you might think that Kamala is a great vice president and doing a wonderful job. And that if people don't like her, that's their fault. They're just intimidated. W- whatever you want to think. But my opinion is she has no business being there. And she's wandered her way into a position uh, from doing things that, let's just say, you probably wouldn't encourage your daughter to do. Or, or maybe your son. Maybe you wouldn't encourage your son to do it either. But let's just call it that. Speaking of fearless, powerful, commanding leaders. Let's let's catch up on a speech from Bo Jiden of this past week. I'm telling you guys, he does this once a week. This isn't a rare occasion. This isn't a guy who stutters occasionally and gets tripped up because he's giving so many speeches. This is a guy whose mind... Is going faster than anyone ever suspected. Even me. I will admit, I will admit from day one, I saw his brains mushy. But I did not think it would get this bad this fast. Here you go. Check this out. America
1: is a nation that can be defined in a single word. Oh, yeah? What's that word? I was in the the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping. Easy for you
0: to say. Traveling with them. In fact, and let's hear that again. Trump Hang on, 17.
1: time out. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to foot him uh, foot,
0: foot. <laughs> I cannot help but laugh at that. I really cannot help but laugh at that. Let's hear that. Hold on. That I was going to Remember that one time he said true national pressure" and it's just uh, uh poor guy.
1: I was going to foot him uh, foot, foot I I
0: believe what you're trying to say, Joe, is I was in the foothills of the Himalayas. I was in the
1: foot, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. I traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice
0: president. I don't know that for a fact. Wait, he doesn't know what for a fact? He says I traveled 17,000 miles, but I don't know that for a fact. The dude sounds like he's about to fall over and die. 17,000 miles when I was
1: vice president. I don't know that for a fact. What do you know for and, a fact, uh, Joe? We were sitting alone. I had an interpreter and he had an interpreter. I had an interpreter and he, he and Why didn't you just have said one interpreter? Find America for me. And I said what well, many of you heard me say for a long time. I said, yes, I can. Give me the and whisper. one word. Whisper, Joe. Possibilities. 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 That in America, everyone should yeah, be able yes, to go I as work. far as their hard work, hard work and God-given work. talent will no, take, them. take them. And I possibilities. We're the, the only ones. That's why we're
0: viewed as Anything's possible. Anything possible. Oh, my goodness. This dude. This guy, he's going away. I'm telling you what. He's going to go away. He'll be gone by November. Tell my girlie, I'll be gone till November. Because if you'll notice in the news, all the media is turning on Hunter Biden. They didn't get any new information about his laptop. For those of you that don't know, a quick catch-up. Hunter Biden in 2019 left his laptop at a repair shop. The dude was going through the laptop. Uh, Whether he was snooping or not, who cares? Doesn't matter. Found a bunch of nefarious information that linked Hunter Biden to all these scandalous deals that he's been getting paid for. Selling secrets for years and years and years. This is what the Biden family does. The guy makes a backup of that submits it to the FBI, and then reports to the media. Well, then the left-wing media, which it blows my mind that we now have two sides of the media, but we do, the left-wing media comes out and goes, that was Russian information? It's not true. we got to fact-check it, so take it all down. They banned everyone from Twitter. They banned They banned everyone from Twitter. They kicked everyone off all kinds of platforms for showing it. Come to find out, now they're saying it's true. Now the exact same people, they're not issuing apologies. They're not coming out and saying why. They're just now reporting the story. And so what's changed, might you ask, since that was first released and now? Yeah, I can tell you what. They got the election from Trump. He was able to not win. And now they're realizing that that Biden's not going to make it. He's not going to do it. There's too many problems. He can't speak. He can't complete sentences. And they know this because you can't hide it. It's not a secret. It's more than stuttering. It's the inability to speak cognitively off the cuff. And so my theory is that they're trying to figure out how to usher Hillary in there. They've already made it clear after the whole debacle in the, uh, the White House with Biden trying to get Obama's attention. They... They came out and announced, um, "Don't worry, guys. Uh, Barack is now going to meet with um, Joe Biden once a week or so, just to make sure he knows what's happening." We're supposed to feel relieved that the president has to has to meet with an old president. To, to what is happening with these people? I'm not going to take the time to go dig it up, but there's a clip floating out floating out. There's a clip floating around out there with Obama talking about how you know, if somebody needed uh, to be in the White House and I could just uh, speak into their ear and make them say whatever it was I needed them to say, that I would be okay with that. Now keep in mind that's that's the voice he uses when he talks to sixty minutes. Whenever he talks to a broom full of black people, he'll change his dialect just like this a little bit, and I think it's so funny the way politicians do that. Hillary Clinton did it too. So did Bill. Super funny to me. Anyway, he did admit that he would be willing to control someone in the White House and just speak into their ear. My, my, my! These these foreshadowing comments are just all coming to truth. It's it's scary. Frankly, it's quite scary. Yeah, it's funny and scary. So I'm going to go ahead and predict it here. I'm going to say by the end of Biden's original term, he'll be gone, Kamala will be gone, and Hillary will be in. I don't know who else will be in, but I suspect Hillary will. And she'll pick someone, you know, someone that, that can grab the voters that she can't grab. You know, she'll get all the... The suburban white middle aged women who are just who just think that we need a woman president just just because we need a woman president and uh, not not because they're fearless leaders but just because we need a woman just just time for a woman just time just pick a woman don't get me wrong I love women who are in leadership positions but the minute you pick someone based on their plumbing that's when you start to make mistakes trying to run a country here we're trying to win at the world we're trying to outperform every other country on the planet we might go to war we might have to go to battle you know we need the strongest person 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 doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman so there you have it Brandon Harper's prediction of the end of slow mo Joe Biden speaking a glitch in the matrix Last week, or actually I think it was the week before last, in Houston, they had a glitch in the system, in the jails, and 300 inmates were let out erroneously. Well, Brandon, what's the big deal? Sometimes computers make mistakes. Yeah, sure they do. But you know me. I'm a conspiracy guy. I don't think computers made mistakes. Could you imagine... Okay, let me back up a little bit. So if you're not familiar with Houston, it's turning into a third world city. It's crumbling. Crime is going through the roof. The leadership is all corrupt. It's going to turn bad. It's going to get ugly. So Houston's going to be like Detroit in about 10, 15 years. Anyway, we're at the beginning now and they let out 300 criminals. They've also recently reformed their bail program so that Anyone who goes to jail just gets turned loose. And that's not an exaggeration. It's truly happening. Week and a half ago, a a sheriff's deputy in Harris County, which is Houston, walked outside and saw some thugs stealing catalytic converters out of cars. And so they pulled out their gun and they tried to stop them. Well, the sheriff's deputy was killed. They were off duty in their neighborhood. They were shot and killed before the funeral. Before the funeral happened, the the killers were back on the streets. They were released. They were charged with murder. They were caught stealing something. They were caught. They're too lazy to go work. So they got caught stealing things from other people who are willing to work. And in the act of doing this theft, they were caught. They were told to stop. And instead of complying and admitting and acknowledging they were caught and taking their licks like grownups, they shot and killed the person that confronted them, and they were back on the streets within a matter of days. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who you are. I don't know your background. I don't know where you're from. But there's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with this. There's something going on. Computer glitches don't just happen. They don't just cause three hundred criminals to get released into the streets. Could you imagine what would happen if I made a, if I had a software company? And I designed software for zoos. And in my software, it was pre-scheduled. What time the gates opened for the lions to come outside and what time they were closed. That way everyone knew exactly what time the gates were going to open and close. But one day, there was a glitch in my software. And a couple lions got out. And they killed, I don't know, 15 people. And then they went and opened up all the other doors for all their friends to come out. And they let all the, the snakes and the giraffes and the... And the uh, tigers and the elephants and the rhinos just running loose, just running amok. Imagine what would happen to my software company if that's what I did, was made software and sell it to zoos. And what? Nothing's even being talked about. They're not talking about suing this company who, who made some faulty software. That's There's no headline for that that I could find. I looked for it. So if the city's so mad that a glitch caused 300 prisoners to get released... What are they freaking doing about it? And that's the types of questions we have to ask. Like, okay, here was an event. This event happened. Let's look a little bit deeper. What would we expect to happen if that was the truth, if that really happened? And then when we start looking and we don't see those things, we should start questioning the science. We should start raising eyebrows, scratching our heads, and trying to figure out what the F is going on. And the notion that some people think that it's bad— that it's bad to question what's happening. That we shouldn't. We should just take the the gospel. Anyone who's an expert in any field, no matter what they say, we just shouldn't question it. We shouldn't question it. And to me, it's preposterous. It's, it's, it's how we will end up with a country that looks like Venezuela. Or these dictatorships who, they put people in power, and at the very beginning, these people preach about how they have this idyllic country where they can just turn it around and give everyone everything for free. Like being at the strip club with Bernie Sanders, which that's my cousin Harry's line. I just stole it. But you know, it's, um, it's not, it's not sane to not ask questions. We should want to know these things because even if we're on the side of these politicians, even if they're Republicans and we're Republicans or they're Democrat and we call ourselves a Democrat we should stop corruption. We shouldn't want corruption only when it involves our party. That's weak. That is that is lacking principles. There's no morals there. So we should want to stop corruption no matter who it is. We should want to stop rigged elections no matter who wins. We should want to stop these things that are happening. And the only way we can do that is by starting to ask questions and pointing our fingers. But we don't. We just talk about to too... too Actors who play pretend on stage, and one slaps the other one, and that dominates the news cycle for two weeks. And we've got, we've got the, the county judge of Houston, Lena Hidalgo, goes to the funeral of a police officer who was killed in the line of duty and shuts down the bathroom, Sh- makes everyone clear out of the bathroom with her security detail. There's six stalls in there in the women's restroom. She makes them everyone get out. She rushes them all out. Someone stands outside the door, and they refused a pregnant woman to get into the bathroom. After the end of the service, this poor woman had been holding it, which, from what I understand, when you're pregnant and you got to pee, you got to pee. So she ran to the back. Well, Lena Hidalgo, the midget bitch, had already told everyone to get out. She's already put her security at the door, and they wouldn't let this girl through. And She's like, look, I've got to pee right now. If you don't let me through, I'm going to pee on the ground. And she stood there and she held it for five minutes. And you know what? Bless her heart. If I was her, I would have dropped trowel, squatted down on those guys' shoes, and just let it rip. And just peed all over those guys. I would have bent over and shot it as far as I could. You know? These people, who do they think they are? Who Who do you... You're elected by the... I'm going to calm down a little bit. You're elected by the people who live around you in your community to run things on their behalf. And you're closing down the bathroom at a funeral. You don't care about anything. You don't care about anyone but yourself. And that's the theme of these politicians. I mean, the only way it's going to change it is if people say things and people do things. It The Oscars don't matter. You know It doesn't matter if some people slap each other who play pretend. Those things will have no effect on your life. The things that have an effect on your life are the people that you vote into power. Who think that they're too good to use the restroom at a funeral. It, you know what? This isn't a funeral of like contention. This isn't uh this isn't a Black Lives Matter rally in a KKK killing funeral. Uh, no, this was a police officer who was killed in the line of duty. Do you honestly think you're a freaking county judge? You're almost nobody. You you're like the boss of the police. And you think that of A police officer's funeral that someone might come in there and try to kill you? Well, honestly, (laughs) the way things are going, you might have a point there, Lena. You might just have a point. Which leads me very nicely to my next topic. And that is punishments, crime and punishment. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this. And it's just, it's a classic human behavior thing. If people get away with things and there's no consequences, what will stop them from continuing to do them? Well, that answers nothing. These people aren't going to wake up one day and just be like, you know what? I'm not going to take things for free that people work for and go sell them anymore. I'm not going to rob. Community. I'm. You know what? I'm a new man, as Jeb Bush would say. I'm my own man. So these people don't just get convicted one day by their own morals They don't just fall into a pool of morality. Their buddies don't just say, hey, man, wake up. You got to quit robbing convenience stores. That doesn't happen. The only thing that disciplines them is the law. And when we have things that's going on in Houston, or when we have things that are happening, like what's going on in Houston, it's just going to get worse because there's no consequences. And so I'm a believer of harsh punishments. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not the guy that says, well, if anybody kills somebody, you just got to kill them. That's it. There's no question asked, no nothing. If you kill somebody, you got to die too. That's not me. I don't feel that way. I do think, though, let's just take an extreme example. If you were in Singapore and you knew that if you spit out gum on the sidewalk, there's a chance that you could be detained and swatted like a bunch with a cane on your back, which happened. Go back and look it up. I want to say it was about 15, 20 years ago. This kid was in Singapore. I think he may have vandalized a car, something like that, something that we would call trivial, right? Something that in the city of Houston, the cops wouldn't even question you. They would just drive past you while you're spray painting the car. But either way, this guy got caught. They detained him for a long time, months, or if not a year, or maybe multiple years. I can't remember. The point is, they got him, and they swatted him. And the U.S. pulled all the stops out of the book. And they tried to say, no, please don't swat him. He's just just being a silly kid. You know what? There's no cars that get spray-painted in Singapore. There's no graffiti. There's no gum on the sidewalk. Now, do I think we should be that extreme? No? Well, I, I don't know. I can't say... What I think the punishment should be. This is the same way in dog training. You think just in your dog training, you know everything about everybody. Yeah, pretty much, you're right. But the same thing in dog training. You'll see a dog jump on someone. The person comes in the front door and the dog jumps on them. It puts their paw. This is a stranger coming into you know a, a person's home. The stranger to the dog. They come, they open the dogs, jumping on them. The owner's going, Fluffy, no, Fluffy, quiet. Fluffy's barking, er, 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 and the owner's yelling, Fluffy, Fluffy, no, Fluffy, Fluffy, quiet. And Fluffy's just shooting a finger at the owner, going, I don't care what you say, I'm barking at this dude in my house. And Fluffy's owner's just going, Fluffy, 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 Fluffy. And why is that? Why doesn't Fluffy listen? Because there's no backlash. If the only thing Fluffy has to deal with is the owner in the background yelling its name, well, you know what? It's worth it. I'd rather jump all over this person and get my tail all waggly and be happy and bark at him and be excited and be aroused and be scared because there's nothing telling them that they can't or they shouldn't. There's no option presented to them that would make this, the outcome worse than, than the reward. And so I think we should just increase the punishment Until the behavior stops. And that's how it works in dog training. You increase the the level of punishment until you see a change in behavior. Until you see that dog stop doing whatever it is, it's not supposed to be doing. And then that's your line. That's where you know, okay, I don't want to overcorrect. I don't want to be too harsh. But I figured out exactly what it took to make Fluffy stop jumping. And you know what? For some dogs, it is a no. It's a no. You can yell at them and they won't do it. And the test is if they don't do it again, right? If you have to yell at them every time and make them stop, no, 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 that doesn't count. You need them to learn that jumping on people is not an option. And so through it out, enough consistency with the right correction at the right time, they will figure it out. It makes sense to them. If you're sitting there saying, well, not my dog. He, he can't be trained. He's stupid. That's not true. You just, you just don't know what you're doing. And I hate to tell people that, but it's that's the truth. You're not trying hard enough. Or you're not outsmarting the dog. And when it comes to crime and punishment, I think we should just keep ratcheting it up until it changes the behavior to an acceptable level, right? Because perhaps you will always have one person per year who puts a pistol in an old lady's face and takes her car and maybe slops her across the face with it, takes her wallet and drives off in her car. Little old lady, 89 years old, You know, these people will walk up to and if you don't believe me, go do your research. Walk up to an old lady, slap her in the face with a pistol, take her keys, take her wallet, drive off in her car. So you're going to have people who do that. Even if it was the death penalty, right? We have the death penalty for murder. Murders still happen. So eventually you get to a point where you, you just have to be satisfied with the threshold, In my opinion, what's going on in Houston, I'm not satisfied with that threshold. If one person or two people was getting let out of jail too early because of some bond reform or something like that, okay, we don't need to talk about it, right? I'm a big, firm believer in we don't talk about the things that only have a little impact on us, but we should talk about the things that have a big impact. And so just like with the dog, some dogs, you can yell at them. They won't do it. But for most of them, there's like a window of correction that, that I know for a fact. If you can do this and this and that, it'll stop forever. But I don't I don't say what that is. The dog does. Generally, I could say the range. It probably will be about this and this and that. But we're going to let the dog tell us. We're going to start out with a little punishment, and then we're going to ratchet it up a little higher, a little higher, a little higher, a little higher until we stop the behavior. And that's our point. And I don't understand why we can't do that with crime. Why can't we? I'm not advocating that we cut off your hand for stealing gum. I'm advocating that we increase the sentence until we get the punishment that stops the behavior. It's not a difficult concept. It really isn't. And jail time doesn't change anything. People go to jail and they come right back out and they do the same thing. So would I be okay with lashings across the back? Yep, you bet I would. You bet I would. To the guy who slaps the old lady in the face with a pistol and takes your car and takes your wallet. Yep, I'd be fine with that. See, the definition of cruel and unusual can get kind of subjective. But if we could all agree that we would keep enforcing a punishment until the behavior stopped. Is it cruel? Is it cruel if you get the desired outcome and people learn? See, I... Cruel to me is things that's like, it's too much. You've gone too far. Ripping out someone's fingernails for stealing a purse, I'm not cool with that. Unless we try everything. And then we get to the point, well, we've tried everything. We've tried the lashings. We've tried jail. We've tried working on the side of the road, picking up trash. And none of that's stopping the behavior. So our next step, is get out the fingernails and the vice grips. I'd say, okay, let's go for it. One of these days, we'll get to the point. What do I know? I'm just a dog trainer. Speaking of knowing things and pitying fools, who remembers the A-Team? Remember the A-Team? What a great show the A-Team was. know. I know what you're thinking. I don't pay money to hear you talk about 80s TV shows. Well, you don't pay money for nothing. But, I'll talk about whatever I want to talk about. It's my show. Alright, the A-Team. Why did I bring this up? Because because racism! That's why racism! Now, certain people, these woke SJW fools sit around and criticize us for being racist and they say we're just becoming more and more racist over time and b.a Baracus is just one example of of a black guy that us white kids have worshipped okay we have we worship this guy if you're not from the 80s you still know who he is I don't know if he's alive anymore. I sure hope he is. I hope Mr. T outlives the whole world because he was a hero. And we looked up to him. And I never thought once or twice about the color of his skin. Could I recognize he was a black guy? Sure. Did it matter one bit to me? Nope. Does it still? Nope. So how is it that we became more racist than we were in the 80s? If this all stems from the way that we treated people all the way up until the fifties and sixties. If it's all from that, are you telling me that we're going backwards? Are you telling me that kids don't look up to basketball players anymore because they're black? No, this racism is, is made up. It's coming from people who are looking to divide us, who want us to, to hate each other, who want us to fight amongst ourselves so that they can kind of get away with things and no one really sees what they're doing. And I know that sounds like a, you're just a right-wing conspiracy theorist. And, And yeah, you know what? I kind of am. And I don't think that there's like a guy sitting at the top, you know, twiddling his fingers together, you know, staring out the window saying, how can I divide them all against themselves so that they will not pay attention to all the evil things that I'm doing? I don't think that's happening. I just think that there's some people out there who make big deals out of things, and they see what it does to us, so they just keep doing it. I mean, why wouldn't they? If your goal was to continue doing what you were doing without anyone noticing, why wouldn't you put distractions out there? Why wouldn't you disseminate bad information or propaganda? You know, there was a law that passed in 2012, and this law repealed an act that was put into place in 1948. So there was a law that was put into place in 1948 that said, hey, it's illegal for the government to disseminate propaganda into other countries and on its own soil. We felt like that was a good thing. After watching what Hitler did, we all kind of decided, hey, you know what? We should just put a law in place that doesn't let the government put out any propaganda. And so that's what we did. But he fast forward to 2012 during Barack Obama's administration. And they brought forth an amendment to this law, which said, okay, okay, okay. wait, look. The U.S. can disseminate propaganda as long as it's on foreign soil. And if it's like a terrorist threat on our own soil, then yes, we can. We're going to allow it. And he signed this into law in 2013. And so the idea to think that the federal government and the CIA and all these people who who can control what people think, and, and I know that sounds like they don't, they're not plugged into the computer, no one can control what you think. Maybe that's not the right phrase, but who can disseminate information and create narratives and steer people's decisions based on what they're putting out there. It's manipulation. This is happens in, in markets. It happens in animals. It happens all over the, all over the world In tons of examples. And so they figured out that they could manipulate people to get things done that they wanted to get done. And I truly believe, I truly believe that this, this, co- this whole like recent racism narrative is all contrived. It is all contrived because you know why? I don't see evidence I don't see people that are racist. I don't meet racist people. I don't meet minorities who feel like they're being persecuted. And just like I talked about earlier, you got to keep digging. You got to keep going deeper and figuring out like what's behind all this. And one of the things that jumped out at me is how many white kids support rappers. How many and these these guys aren't even role models. These are bad people. These are people that hey, if there was some racism. This would be a perfect opportunity for parents to teach their kids. You know what? Those are bad black guys. We don't like bad black guys. We don't like and you know what? A lot of black guys are bad. Now this isn't me. This is some racist parent, okay? So just chill out. This is the racist parent talking to the kid. You know, black people really aren't that good. We shouldn't really look up to them. We shouldn't follow them. But they don't. They don't even they don't even single out the ones who are bad and happen to be black. And so this just tells me that it's not it's not what they want you to think because of what's happening around us or what's not happening. And I just think back to being a kid, you know, we we're playing football in the street, and I'd get the ball and I'd come around the corner and I'd scream out, Emmett Smith heads for the end zone. And of course I don't look like Emmett Smith. We look nothing alike. I'm a short, fat white kid. And he's a ripped up black guy. I mean so. But in my mind, I was him at that moment. I was him. And sure, you know what? If I was playing basketball with a friend of mine who was black, and I passed him the ball, and he shot it, I would say Larry Bird to Magic Johnson. you know. And, that's, and we laughed about it. It was funny. But other than that, other than joking about our differences, even from a young kid, there was no hatred. And I truly believe that this is how most relationships with kids are. You see, we're we're crossing this threshold. We've gotten to this point where we're we're putting kids in a position to make decisions about things that they they would never have done in the past, and this is this is a bad thing. Okay, this this kind of a segue into the whole transgender, you know, thing. T- talking to kids about sex and the whole don't say gay bill. It was ridiculous, right? That It was given that name to create the narrative that it was t- telling kids that gay was bad when in actuality, the bill just said, hey, schools can no longer teach or they cannot teach kids from the ages of kindergarten to third grade anything to do with their sexuality. And who in their right mind would? Who would? I mean, I don't remember how old I was. I was told about the birds and the bees. But let's let kids be kids if we, don't, if we don't plant these things in their minds, if we don't tell them, you know, you're being racist, you must make sure that you have black friends so you're not racist, if we don't tell them that, they won't think about it. They're just going to go on about their lives. And I think the goal should be to let kids be kids as long as they possibly can and let them continue to, to be kids and be carefree. And just enjoy the moment. You know, sexuality is is something that doesn't happen until later in life. You know, you don't you don't really become attracted to the opposite sex or or whatever, same sex. You don't become attracted to people sexually until you're like you know, between 11 and 13 maybe, something like that. I don't know for sure. I don't have kids, but I'm guessing, I'm thinking about myself. And you know, up to a certain age, we allow little boys and little girls to be naked with each other and we don't think anything about it because there's nothing sexual and we should hang on to that. We should grasp that and let that be naturally as long as we can. We shouldn't force it one way or another. We shouldn't tell kids they have to be naked with each other in the bathtub. If they don't feel comfortable, we should support that. If they feel comfortable, we should allow it and and, and just let them be innocent. Let them hang on to that because once you put drama and decisions And making people decide which team they're on or which box they're going to fit in, that's when it gets complicated. And this idea that we should talk to kids at a very early age, I don't think it's good. I think the parent. this is a topic for the parents and the kids. And you know what? If the kid doesn't have parents or anyone that's equipped to in his life, someone will see that. Someone loves that kid and they'll take it upon themselves to teach them. And if they don't, which... Undoubtedly, there's a small minority of kids who probably have no one in their life to teach them correctly about sexuality. And I'm sorry to say it, but that's such a small number that we can't forego the innocence. We can't let go of the idea of letting kids be kids in the sake of that small amount of people who need to be taught properly about sex and sexuality because there's no one else in their life to do it. It's, we have to look at the risk-reward. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, learning how sex works is one thing, but actually being in touch with one sexuality, man, that happens way down the road, way past your puberty age. You know, I mean, it's different for guys and girls. You could you could figure it out yourself, but being in touch with one sexuality is something that we don't need to teach. You need to discover that you need to experiment and then you make a decision you know what? I just, I feel like I was born in the wrong body. <laughs> you know how complicated of a decision that is to make? How that decision is going to last you the rest of your life if you go through with that. We don't, k- kids aren't equipped to know about Santa Claus, that that's fake. You know, we don't we don't run around and we don't want to teach kids that the Easter money's fake at school. We want them to have their day. Want them to have their day. And so that's, Just what I think we should do. Just settle down. And you know what? I don't like this forced grooming. I don't like all these words. I don't like to put names on things. And I know it sounds so cliche, but I don't like to put people in boxes because it ends up just being more divisive. You know, masker, -masker, anti-masker, anti-vaxxer, groomer. These words are what helps us stay divided. Okay, rant over. Takeaway is racism's been pretty much gone for a long time. It's not making a comeback. No matter what they tell you, it's not making a comeback. And the reason we know this is because we can look around and we can see who people worship and we can see who gets paid lots of money for performing. We can see these things way more than what we can be told. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Mr. T for president, fool. I, I'm going to do my best Mr. T impression. If you ever thought about breaking into my house at night, I pity the fool who tried to break into in my house. I got a malinois that will bite your ass, and I got guns around every corner, so don't even think about coming in here because I pity the fool that do. I like impressions. I encourage people to do impressions. They're funny. They're, it's a way to tribute people, you know? It's not mockery. It's not making fun of people. I worshipped this guy as a kid. I scrutinized every word that he said. All the little lessons you probably don't remember. But Mr. T was a spokesperson. He taught kids about doing the right thing. And making the right decision. And making good decisions. And helping out your parents. And not doing bad things with bad kids at the school. And it's okay to imitate those people. It's good. It's honorable. So... Shut up. Don't you criticize me, fool. And for my next trick, I'm going to talk a little bit about business. And going through the whole COVID situation and the money that was available for businesses and how back in the day, you know, whenever the banks were getting bailed out after the, um, the housing bubble busted in 2008, right? We had banks that were too big to fail. And everyone was mad because all these banks got bailed out. Well, they were bailed out because they were told to make loans that the government asked them to make. And the the loans didn't go through. So the bank went back to the government and said, hey, you told us to make these loans. They didn't work out. Give us our money. Bail us out. And so it it was kind of a messy deal. But there was a lot of people then who were saying, I would never take no damn government handout for nothing. I don't need no government money. I've been framing houses for 50 years, and I'll keep doing it, and I don't need no government giving me no money for nothing. And so, you know what? Back then, in 2008, I was kind of on their team. I was kind of like, yeah, man, I'm not going to take their money. Well, let me give you the flip side of that coin. As you get older, and you get wiser, and you see more things, and you get to experience more things, and everything makes sense differently, here's my new take. We did take loan money, and we needed it to stay in business. So I'm glad we did. So now that we have that out the way, think about it like this. And and this didn't drive our decision, but I completely see how it could drive a decision. Let's say you got a town of 400,000 people. You have a business, and you bake cakes. And there's five other bakeries in town, and they all bake cakes. And you're all competitors. You're all friends. You like each other. You help each other out. But your goal is to have a successful business, and so you hear that there's these flour shortages and flowers about to go through the roof, and so you think to yourself, if flour, if the price of flour goes up, no one's going to buy my cakes. I'm going to go out of business. So then, Uncle Joe Biden wakes up one day and he goes, "Uh, we're going to disseminate money to for the food shortage, flour, uh, flour here cri- uh, crisis uh, situation." Uh, right. And so he offers to give money to all the bakeries in order to offset their exorbitant flour cost. And in doing so, you're faced with a decision, do I take the money or do I not take the money? And the only thing that really matters, well, not the only thing, but the biggest factor is if looking around, if you think that all your competitors are going to take the money, let's say you have a pest control business. And let's just say that the government, for whatever reason, throws $100,000 to anyone who has a pest control business if they need it. If you don't need it, don't take it. If you need it, take it. And let's just say you, in your little pest control business, you've got five trucks, five operators, You've got a couple people in the office, You've got a salesperson, maybe two, and you've got about $500,000 wrapped up in your business. It's worth about 500 grand. And let's just say... You have the option to get 200,000 more, or sorry, 100,000 more. You could grow your business by 20%. Yeah, that's appealing, right? You could take that money and go hire a couple more drivers or another salesperson, or you could not. But if you don't, your competitor's going to. And so now you're faced with a decision, do I take the money just so I can keep up with my competition, maybe grow a little bit, maybe gain some market share, give myself an advantage if they don't take the money? And not take the money and watch them go to the moon. And this is a huge, huge factor because you unless you've run or owned or operated a business or small business, you don't realize how competitive it is. The the marketplace is a is a beautiful thing for consumers. It's a tough environment for businesses because a free market will only allow enough businesses to, to emerge as long as there's enough profit. As long as there's enough money to support them. At some point, markets become too saturated with businesses. And now consumers have choices and they could shop at this guy or that guy. And so they look for the better deal. So everyone lowers their prices a little bit to try to maintain their customer share. And eventually it gets to the point where there's no more space for any new business. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's crucial and it's a big decision. It's not so easy as saying, well, then don't take the handout money. You know, it's not it's not that simple. It's a you're giving up a competitive advantage. You're, maybe you need the money just to keep up with your competition. You know, maybe you won't even be able to get ahead. And that's kind of our position. We we took the loan. It wasn't free money. It was a loan at a good interest rate. And maybe we need the money. Maybe we didn't. Who knows? But I knew that if we didn't take it, there's a chance that our competitors would take it. And they'd be able to get a leg up on us. And that could end us. You know, if you if you give up some of your market share to your competitor, that could put you in a bad, bad position. So we were faced with that option. And so I encourage everyone to think about it from that perspective. And it's like I always say, it's not people who who use systems or even sometimes abuse systems that I blame. It's people who create systems that allow themselves to be taken advantage of. That's the issue. There's always going to be people taking advantage of systems. And if you don't want it, you have to plan accordingly. And that's what people fail to blame the government for all these systems that get taken advantage of. They want to blame the people who take advantage of the systems. And I disagree with that. It's a common talking point amongst the right. It's to say, when lazy sons of bitches just want to sit at home all day and not go work or do nothing. Well... Well, buddy, everyone has a price at which they'll sit at home. If I offered you $250,000 a month and you could sit at home, would you do it? Well, I mean, I wouldn't just sit around and do nothing. Okay, but would you still go to work? Would you go punch a clock and run your, your equipment every day? Well, I don't know. Well, that's my point. Everyone has a price. Don't blame the guy who's got a lower price than you do okay for my next trick i'm gonna wrap this thing up today was a good long podcast You got your money's worth today out of me i think i actually covered everything in my notes actually and i'm proud of that so 55 minutes and two seconds in i'm gonna call this thing over i got a new flat top griddle an outdoor griddle You've probably seen them. They're called Blackstones, but the one I got's a knockoff, made by Sam's Club. And you know what? I've kind of made a decision. This I made this decision about a week ago. I'm going to support the Walton family and Walmart more than I'm going to support Amazon, Home Depot, Lowe's, and all these wokey woke 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 companies out there because an You know, I guess I'm going to be the bind. If Walmart comes out and tries to be woke, woke, I don't know what I'm going to do. But for now, the Waltons, good family. I don't care how rich they are. They've made tons of money. They've done things right. And I would rather them have my money than Jeff Bezos have my money. And that's it. That's it. So as much as I don't like the Walmart experience or the Sam's Club experience, I also don't like Home Depot or, or, or these other places. Amazon, I'm not going to lie. I like Amazon. I, I do like the way that they fulfill all of my needs instantaneously. But if I can get it from Sam's Club or Walmart, I'm going to start doing that. I don't care what you do. It's your money. You do whatever you want to do with it. So I'm going to go cook a meal on my flat top griddle. And I'm going to try to make it last a few days. I always get new. This is my 13th outdoor cooking device that I've owned maybe one day if you're lucky I'll sit here and list them all but this is number 13 so I'm excited to get this thing going I appreciate you listening today Life in Paradise podcast where we talk about politics (laughs) and racism and anything but living in paradise one of these days I'm going to get all this sorted out my goodness I hate technology I'd like to encourage everyone to go out there be thankful for the things you have be good to people around you Give some things away to people who need them. Pay for someone's coffee behind you. Don't sweat the petty stuff. And most of all, don't pet the sweaty stuff. Thanks again for listening. Life in Paradise podcast. Keep it tranquilo. Take your
2: in by the hill.
0: But listen up now. This is serious.
2: When you're tempted to do something wrong, even if the reasons are good, think twice. Because you
1: never know how things will turn out. You might be getting yourself and everybody else
0: into a whole lot of trouble. Do what's right, and you can't go wrong. Take it from me, Mr. T. You
2: and everyone we knew could believe, do, I share in what was true or oh, a said. That's all day's love. Take your baby by the hand and pull her close and there, there, there And take your baby by the ears And play upon her darkest fears We would sock in vice And I dance all days We were cool on uh, Right. When I, you, and everyone we knew Could believe, do, sharing share what was true I said Dance all day's love Dance all day's Dance all day's love Baby by the wrist And in her mouth An amethyst And in her rest To sapphire's blue And you need her And she